Welcome back to the DJ Sessions, where we feature the best DJs, producers, and artists from around the world. I'm your host, Darren, and right now I'm in the virtual studios in Seattle, Washington, with none other than Kissy Sellout coming all the way over from the UK in his studio. And what a beautiful studio that is. Kissy, how's it going today? Yeah, I'm all right. Thanks, mate. It's great to see you. Um, I wish I was in America right now. Are you still in lockdown over there? Uh, we are, well, not necessarily what we call lockdown, but our businesses are not open to 100% capacity until June 30th, when everything, and, and at least in our state, everything yeah, yeah. reopened back up. There's other states where, you know, they, they never really did a lockdown or anything at all, and kind of let <laughs> you just go. And uh, yeah, it's been interesting, but uh, our, our governor was kind of, since, since we were one of the epicenters here in the state, Seattle was the first city where the first cases were reported. Our governor has taken a, a very proactive approach to, to keeping things and, you know, things are getting back. It's, it's, it's feeling awesome. It's going to be very interesting getting out there. I went to my first nightclub last week. And oh, yeah, go on. How was it? Lo and behold, well, it was a buy-invite only, private event, very, you know, physically distanced. You had to take your mask off, drink your drink, put your mask back on type of thing. But, you know, I hadn't gone to a nightclub in almost two years, and this was one of my old stomping grounds. And, you know... Me being who I am, I ended up leaving my credit card at the first bar that I went to in two years. <laughs> like, oh, that's a big home. I'm like, where's my card at? I left it at the bar. So um, it was kind of a funny research, in fact. But uh, I, we do a lot of outdoor events. So we literally wrote the playbook last year on how to do safe events using what, what is called silent disco technology. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> absolutely hate it you dj into an empty room i did a, i did a festival uh set once to about i don't know three or four thousand people and it was a silent disco thing because it was the day before the uh, festival officially started it, awful it was it was it was it's not for me it's not for me anyway i'm sure a lot of people do have fun doing it i feel like it's good for like kind of more kind of like party vibes rather than kind of uh serious like here i am to dj check this out sort of vibes but there you go. Absolutely. It would be considered a different medium, obviously, um, you know, because there is no amplified music. But what we did last year is we upgraded from silent disco to silent concert by using devices. Are you familiar with what's a, what a sub pack is? Yeah, I am. Yeah. Yeah. If I, if I could afford one, I'd get one of those things. They've got they've just issued a new version, haven't they? Uh, which yeah. um, took my fancy. Uh, but since I haven't been uh, I've been unemployed for what 16 months or something now but so <laughs> i mean just yeah think about yeah, it another we, time maybe we use a, another product by a company called wooger and it's a, yeah. basically a disc and the strap and you can strap yeah. it on and then feel the bass you walk two thousand feet away from our stage you can still feel the bass oh that well look i i feel embarrassed because i said i'm in that opening statement about how i hate um solid discos but yours it does have a yeah it does have a bit of a more of a novelty um approach i do appreciate that yeah, and, and, uh, yeah, and that, that's cool. I'd love to try. I did try one of those things once. It was it was in a chair though, uh, mm -hmm. when I was working with some producers. Um, but the problem, see, the problem I've got is that I've got, a, I've got a you know acoustically treated and soundproof uh, studio here at my in my uh, in my apartment in um, Dalston in East London. But I've got my three year old son. His bedroom is about whoa, it's about three or four meters over there so i mean like if i'm speaking now or something like that like they wouldn't be able to hear me but if i'm playing like you know bassy music it's just a bit of a problem and i find another problem about it as well is that if you don't if you know if you have the bass turned down and you think you know if you go through the whole notion of making the track and finishing it 
then um, you know often that's that's exactly you know the last the first the first mo moment you realize you've got the bass levels wrong is when you're playing it live to you know thousands of people which is a critical mistake so yeah i'm quite quite keen to get in some insight into these uh, body kind of uh, sub pack things yeah and, and one of the things that we came across with an idea and i'm kind of letting the cat out of the box before this happens we're going to try this out uh, mackie one of our sponsors is is we're getting some subwoofers from them and so what we might do is we actually take these this sr18 subwoofers put them on site and then run the music through the subwoofer so you will have that thump 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 bass but you won't Ooh. have the high end of the bass oh, yeah, yeah. Time with discos and see how that works as an option for silent discos so of people going i can really feel the music now because these subs are just kicking mm. out the bass but it's not you know the the the, the the meat and yeah, potatoes in, in, comes infrasonic. Yeah, infrasonic. Exactly. So it'll be pretty yeah. awesome. But um, I, I, you mentioned your sign. I want to talk to you about that in just a few moments. But, you know, let's get started. Our, a lot of our artists, they may not know who you are. And, um, you know, what's the story behind your artist name and where did that come from? <laughs> I've never been asked that before. <laughs> that's a joke. That's, that's a I figured as much. Hey, sarcasm. Uh, oh really, man? Well, you want me to tell you about my name? Well, Kissy Sellout. Uh, well, look. First of all, I'll say it's um, it's uh, I used to not be so um, quite so uh, what's the word? Uh, uh, obje uh, objective when I explained my name in the past. But um, in case there's any confusion, it is an ironic name, as in like it's I'm not a sellout. Is it that is kind of the opposite, really? It was just because um, you know, when I was back at art school, and uh, I didn't. You know, I wasn't part of any kind of music community. I didn't know anyone that was interested in dance music or anything. But to me, it was my biggest obsession. And I, you know, I only went to art school so I could design record covers and stuff. That's what I wanted to do. Um, so I, so the thing was, I had very, you know, I had very low self-esteem and um, and just I loved making music, but I didn't necessarily know to believe in it or, or anything like that. So I called it Kissy Sellout because then if anyone didn't like it. Well, then I could say, well, yeah, but I called it Kissy Sellout. I mean, you know, so I wouldn't feel so bad about it. So it's so it's actually quite a kind of it's got a, quite a nice um, rose-tinted edge to it or whatever uh, that, you know, it's been my only ever professional career. <laughs> you know, I never look, look back. Uh, so I quite like that. And um, Kissy's just comes from, um, I just had a dream that I was in a horror film when I was younger. And, um, you know, you have a recurring dream and uh, it's quite a new, quite, you know, uh, doesn't happen often, does it? But I remember I had, uh, had a dream about two or three times and it was really scary. And it was, I was in a film, uh, like a post, a post well, it felt like a film like a post-apocalyptic film and it was called Kissy and I remember thinking that was quite unsettling because it didn't mean anything the word literally didn't mean anything so um, being a graphic design student uh, at St Martin's in central London I, you know I knew to google the word and at the time nothing came up on google in fact there was only three results and, and, and the uh, three results were just uh, misspelling there were typos in forums um, so I'm sure you can you agree you know I realized that that was pretty a pretty smart idea so um yeah, so I did it. So I was thinking behind it and stuff like that. But as I said, you know, the sellout bit was just a representation of how um, shy and, uh, you know, and uh, vulnerable I was, I guess, at the start. Of my now, and, and you said you went to school for graphic design, but mm. I also see from your bio, you're a part-time astrophysicist. Yeah. Tell us yeah, that was my second that. degree, yeah. Well, well I mean, it's... Um, what do you want to know? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we could be here all night. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, well, I mean, you know, uh, it, no, it's funny because I was just interviewing um, DJ Roxanne. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her, very heavy in drum and bass, hard yeah. music and stuff. And, and she just fin finished up her degree in forensic anthropology. 
you know? So it's funny, you know, All right. getting bachelor degrees or master's degrees or doctorates in, in things that are not music related. And I just find that to be very interesting. That is that kind of a, is that a, is it, did you do it for a fallback? Did you do it because you were interested in it? Did you think you were gonna have a different career path and, and go down well, that and then this, then music took off or that's kind of well, a, I think. Well, I think it's been, I think the, uh, the uh, awareness and stuff of quantum mechanics and cosmology and stuff has, um, has become a bit more normalized in society now. People tend to know a bit more, mainly because of television and documentaries and stuff like that. Uh, but certainly, um, you know, 10 years ago when I first, um, well, I kind of thought, you know, it's quite simple, really. You know, when you're, you, know, you get a map, one of those old MacBook Pros and you'd open it up, right? And it had a picture of a galaxy on it, didn't it? It was, mm -hmm. it's, it's the Andromeda galaxy. Well, the thing is, I, I just thought that that was a computer rendering. I didn't realize that that was a pho photograph. That's actually a photograph of space. That's what space actually looks like. I couldn't believe it. Once I guess, and you know, just it just got my curiosity. I mean, when I found that out, I just thought it was bonkers. And the um, I actually nearly did a degree in um, in maths. That was that was good. That was maths was my strongest subject when I was younger. Um, and uh, so I'm, I'm rubbish at plenty of other things. Trust me. But um, I. Uh, so I was interested in the mathematics of it and, and you know, the, I learned, I did enough, uh, I started watching, uh, you know, there's lots of free, I can't, I can't remember, I don't know if they still do this, but there used to be this thing called iTunes U, where you could watch like university courses and stuff from, uh, for free and stuff like that. So I watched a few of them and I just found it fascinating. The more I learned, the more fascinating I found it. I just felt it was just, it, it kind of blew my mind and changed my perspective on the world and stuff. And then of course, you're just full of questions and you want to know what the answers are. So I just thought, well, you know, why not? um and yeah it was it was good i mean I'm, you know it was it was weird it was weird doing i mean i had there was a couple of instances where we had to do like group things and stuff and um and it wasn't so much i got recognized for being kissy sellout but i just noticed that the, people started calling me kissy uh, during the uh, during the group discussion and i had I hadn't told anyone who i was or anything so i kind of that was quite a bit a bit weird and a little bit embarrassing but um no it's good i mean i must admit i um <laughs> i was about to finish that degree um, from the end of my third year, and then my son was born. So then I had to, I, you know, it was in it, I'd pack it in basically. But I've got, um, yeah, I've got, it's, uh, yeah. I, mean, I don't know, I was telling you without, without sprawling off a load of facts about the universe, but it's not really what you <laughs> talk about. But well, I think, I mean, I just think if you're not interested in that stuff, then I don't understand what you're interested in because it's, it's literally about, you know, the meaning of life and stuff. And I think that, um, you know, it's, uh, I think it's fascinating. And also, you know, you find out, you know, because it turns out that everything just works for, the same like handful of reasons do you know what I mean I mean the reason I can see you on this screen is the same reason that you know I can speak and hear and and touch things and uh, have met you know keep memories in my brain and and stuff like that and I just think it's you know fascinating but there you go <laughs> well and you mentioned iTunes U and listening to classes in iTunes U and mm. iTunes being one of the bigger podcast aggregators platforms out there we've, we've been running an iTunes since 2005 uh have a long history of, of being in that fun fun realm. In, in 2019, you started a new podcast called Long Live the Kissy Club. Tell us oh, a little I did bit do about, that. Yeah. Is that still going to this day or is, is it kind of Yeah, no, well, it is. I mean, I'll be honest, everything's taken a bit of a bit of a uh, a bit of a break because of the lockdown, because it's uh, mm -hmm. you know it's, it's amazing how much I didn't realize how much um that, like the the physical act of going out and DJing at uh, venues and gigs and festivals. I didn't realize quite how much of a creative impact, uh, well, rather an impact on my creativity that actually had in terms of making music. Because it's, it, it's funny, when you haven't DJed <laughs> for even a few months, it's, it's remarkable how hard, it, it, suddenly it's quite hard to kind of be in it. Cause you're kind of thinking, well, I don't, 
I don't know what the latest tunes are. No, you do check online, no, no one's making any. And uh, it's, it's kind of just a bit odd. I don't understand. You know, it's a bit of a funny one. I've gone off topic there, haven't I? But the, um, uh, yes, but I did. And it's because I, um, I had all this, um, I was at BBC Radio 1 for five years. And um, I had a very distinct um, radio show, uh, very, you know, which was very successful as well. I, I, it was only afterwards I realised quite how successful it was, actually. I kind of wish I had, had uh, talked about how successful it was a bit more while it was still on. But um, it was, you know, it, it's, at times it went out to millions of people, um, which is because we've got national radio over here rather than syndicated like you guys have. So it's, um, yes, but, I, but all the content was just sitting on a hard drive. And it's that classic thing, it's just sitting on a hard drive. And I just thought, well... Look, I'll be honest, people ask me for this stuff all the time on social media and stuff. And I actually, whenever I read those comments, I always think, well, I wish you did have that remix, to be honest with you. So I just thought, I'll, you know, stuff it. I'll, I'll, I'll upload it all. Um, and uh, yeah, so there you go, really. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's specifically, it's kind of like, like I had to, I used to make a lot of bootlegs of stuff, uh, especially for the DJ mixes on the radio. And um, the thing was that because I, I, you know, I, I re-edit every single track I play on my DJ set. And um but the BBC has rules about the cool conflict of interest about how many tracks you can play by yourself. Uh, so I couldn't just play kind of tracks by me. So instead I used to do lots of bootlegs of other people's and stuff. And then of course, you know, because it was other people's music, I couldn't do anything with it. So I thought I'd just upload it all and, and there you go. But yeah, that's, yeah, that's my set. That's my other podcast. I've got another one as well, but it's, um, yeah, they're quite, yeah. Yeah. They're quite cool. So, and you mentioned that the, the, you know, having to take a break from being out and playing in front of a crowd, and, and do you use the crowd as a primary litmus test for you to run things through and see what the reactions are? And, and I know some DJs do that on tour, though, to say, I haven't played this out yet. This hasn't been released. Here you go. I'm going to see how this audience, as they go on tour from city to city and, and then get feedback and, and, and kind of come back in the studio and tweak it while they're on the road. Is that a process that you use when creating tracks? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it certainly is. I'm sure it's for for for, for every uh, you know producer DJ. I think um, I think it's funny one though because I tend to, in terms of like, is a track good? Have I nailed it with that one? Or you know, like, or is someone else's track good? Has have they nailed it with that one? I mean, that's something I think you just know straight away, really. I mean, I think that it's um, and what I mean by that is that you know, you, you know, like a record shop is, you know, when you like go through a lot of promo mailouts, you've been sent of other people's tunes. <laughs> And you start downloading them all and all this sort of stuff. And you start thinking, oh, that's quite a good tune. That's quite a good tune. And then you eventually, like the 20th tune you hear, you're like, whoa. I mean, and, and it blows your mind. And you suddenly realize that the previous 19 tunes, which you just downloaded, are, well, they're not necessarily rubbish, but they're not very, they're not really up to scratch. Um, so it distorts your perspective a bit. Um, but I think the, the primary thing that I always think with uh, geeks, because I mean, let's face it, I often don't play a track at a gig unless I know it's definitely going to work. <laughs> but um uh, you know, a bit of tweaking happens uh, here and there. I mean, often it's um, take eight bars out of here or make it slightly longer or make it shorter. That's usually the thing. But I mean, I think, yeah, mastery levels is quite important, which is why I think it's quite funny. There's, it turns out that people are now, apparently the loudness wars are, are over and people are now talking about how you can, you can have quieter tracks and stuff um, when you're making it, which is such rubbish because like in, you know, in dance music and stuff, like, you know, one of the things that I noticed in reference to your, your question is that it's amazing the difference that like half a decibel or a decibel can make like on, on a mastered uh, track. You know, I mean, it makes a huge difference. I actually um, read up on um, the definition of a decibel the other, uh, the other day, just because I was curious about this thing. And, it, and, it, and sure enough, it turns out, because it's a logarithmic scale, that um, every six decibels it actually gets twice as loud. So that does explain why one decibel or half a decibel makes such a difference. So um, that's usually the sort of stuff that I spot, really. 
But um, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, after, everybody does that sort of stuff, don't they? I mean, the other, tri the other trick is to play it to your mum. That's another one. Uh, if it's my own tracks, that, that, that always works, man. Because, because look, my mum loves me, but she ain't got no interest in my music. So, but, so the point is, if you ever, you know, best case scenario, you see when your family members walk around the house and they're humming your tune, that's brilliant, right? Because they're, because they're kind of the ultimate people that won't, that they, you know, to, to you, you're, to them, you're just, you know, their family member and they've known you since you were a kid, do you know what I mean? So it's for, for them to walk around the house humming the tune, you know, you've, you, you know you're on something there. And actually some of my, what I could think of some of my best singles, that exactly that had happened. So I'd, so I'd, I'd been, you know, um, maybe I'd been uh, making some tweaks or something while I was at my uh, mum's house or something. And then I've just noticed that she'd be humming it while she's doing the cooking. And I said, oh man. Well, there you go. Do you know what I mean? So, so <laughs> instead of instead of getting, so not only do you get your fans hooked on it, you get your family hooked on your music as well, which is awesome. Um, I wouldn't say hooked. <laughs> <laughs> but they're walking around humming the tunes. I mean, that's the whole. That's the, it, it's it's stuck in their head. That's awesome, <clears throat> you know. And and but again, not being able to get out to crowds. Um, and you know, you're doing the podcast series. Have you looked at doing any live streams? Are you working with anyone to do any live stream shows? Well, yeah, no, I did. Did you not? Um, I, it's a, uh, yeah, it's a shame you didn't um, see. Did you see any of those on my social media? Any of those I, videos? I, no, I, I did saw a few things. I start, yeah, I started doing, um, I did start doing it at the start of the lockdown because um, a couple of years ago, I, I, I did what you've, you're doing right now, actually, which is that I, I discovered a green screen and I realized that you could do some quite mad things with the green screen. And, and I started using it, uh, first of all, because because I just, um, it's, it's a bit like, you know, look, so, as someone who's done a lot of stuff on radio, um, it's funny when you video yourself, it's a completely different, uh, you know, uh, like ballpark because the, the, all of a sudden you can't, you don't have, just have to sound good and remember what to say and do, or what, you know, present well and stuff like that, but you have to look nice and, and like the room has to look nice. And so it's taken me ages just to make the room look nice. So I started doing these things with visual effects. And once I did that, I realized you could use things in sync with the music and stuff um but then you know i mean that we live in weird times mate and um i you know i it got a good reaction from them and stuff like that i had to get a completely upgraded a uh, computer rig can you see this over here i've got a custom overclocked um pc rig over here and uh but um i'll be honest uh, I, I don't know it started i don't know i got a bit downhearted about the amount of like copy copyright claims and stuff that were coming off all these stuff for tracks that i've been sent or, or that wouldn't buy me as well. <laughs> that was another, that's another thing I've had happen. I had uh, a few, like uh, about six months ago, I had five of my own tunes taken off uh, SoundCloud. Um, and I had to get a writ written permission from a distributor. Long story, anyway. But it's, it's, yeah, it's never, it's quite hard to do those things these days. And um, Facebook does tend to remove the videos afterwards and all that kind of stuff. So it hasn't happened with any of my videos on that front. But um, yeah, no, it's good. I mean, I think more, I'm just, uh, I've got, yeah, I've got a lot of, I've got quite a few gigs like reassuringly i've got quite a few gigs lined up now in the diary um the lockdown has just been postponed postponed by at the end of the lockdown in the uk has been postponed by another month just now um which is a bummer um but i basically i'm looking forward to getting out there and um and doing some stuff i've been doing lots of practicing and um, upgrading and uh, researching about music stuff uh during the lockdown so, so i'm excited to flex my some muscles with that a bit also it'd be nice to work with some like you know singers in the studio and stuff because of course i haven't been able to do that for, for for a year so you know it's uh i've gone off topic there haven't i but there you go <laughs> not really not really because i was going to bring it back to the whole copyright thing you know when when everything happened we've been doing our show for 11 years and i fielded 
hundreds of messages, calls, people coming in saying, how do you do this now? Because we're a featured partner with Twitch, featured partner with Mixcloud. And, um, you know, we're looking to go back to the front page. Uh, then we were talking to them in January, in January 2020. And they're like, okay, this is pre-everything, pre-everyone jumping online and, and getting online in a sense of things. Um, and they're like, okay, you got to get your licensing for this. You got to get your licensing for that. And just going back and working with our team, making sure we had everything dialed in. While I was in the process of doing all that, I didn't want to put any content online because I didn't want to get any red flags and then have our channel yeah. taken down by Twitch, you know, or lose our featured partnership for DMCA yeah. violations. And so um, I saw the whole world jump online to this medium that I've been trying to push for 11 years. I mean, I would go out to people and say, you know, hey, yeah, we're a Twitch featured partner. We do a live streaming DJ show. And nine times out of 10, people would first either say, okay, why would I want to watch a DJ online? And then number two, they'd go, what's Twitch? And I'd be like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, sense. Twitch is primarily for gamers, though, isn't it? I think uh, it's, it's, um... it's just a streaming platform. And it, it got yeah, notoriety yeah. in the music world when, you know, obviously everyone rushed to Facebook as a medium first and rushed to YouTube as those mediums first. But then they were getting struck down during live set. And everyone yeah, comes yeah, and say, where yeah. do I go? Where do I go? And they go, I go, go to Twitch, go to Twitch. And, uh, but I think, the, I think, as I said, though, the most frustrating thing about these things, because because I understand why these rules are sort of in place. And I think that YouTube have got it right, actually. I think that YouTube are, are, are much better at it because they've got a claim system. It's different. It's not a copyright strike. It's a copyright claim. It's different. That means that you can, it just means you can't monetize the video. Fine. I didn't want to monetize it anyway. It's fine. But, but the thing, the problem with, uh, oh, <laughs> what's that? Is that your cat? Yeah, my cat's <laughs> jumping on the bed. <laughs> Hold on. Hello. 16 pounds Hello, of darling. muscle. Hello, darling. Hi. That's a big cat, isn't it? Yeah, very big cat. <laughs> <laughs> how, did you, like, I don't, I don't, how did you just bring the cat through the wall? I don't like... Is there oh, a, I don't... It doesn't don't matter. Have anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what I was talking about. No, but I guess what I was just saying is that it's just um, you... Uh, I won't go on a big rant about this or anything like this, but I just, you know, we... I don't know. I, when I first became a DJ... It was just about playing music, wasn't it? Like, like you know, you could just play music anywhere. Like it's now, it's never, been, it's never been harder. And because all the stuff is all, it's all owned and run by tech companies. You know, the music industry is run by tech companies now. Not, not, not the music, like not, not music companies. It's run by tech companies. And the tech companies don't understand how it works. So, so you have fundamental things like things like DJ promos, for instance, where, DJ, you know, I get sent about, I don't know. I mean, I really do get sent about like a thousand emails a week just promo emails right of people sending me tunes right because there's all these lists and companies who do it and the whole point of doing that is so that i play the track right but so so having having as i said like so the idea that youtube has where they go oh no it's copyright because we spotted that you can't monetize that but you can still play it it's fine right that, that, that's a good way of doing it but the the, the the facebook approach um is uh you know it it, it it doesn't work because the, because it's it assumed basically assumes you're criminal basically and it's it's which is utterly ridiculous when you're an actual professional because of course we all know this stuff already i wouldn't play the chat before i wasn't allowed to play it and when it when you have things taken down because it's your own tune um and in particular the thing i mentioned about myself was the reason why that happened was because i had five tracks that were sub-licensed non-exclusively to a compilation uh, album which i had mixed right and so what that technically meant was that the, it was a different distributor. So they claimed the tracks, tried to set them down and said I wasn't allowed to put on. But of course, this is all an automatic system. So eventually I can see the cat again. So I, but I had to, um, 
but I had to get, you know, it took a month to sort that out. It took a month to sort that out. And it, it's just a shame because it stops it being fun. Do you know what I mean? It stops, stops this, um, my dream job being my dream job. It's um, just a bit frustrating. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's not talk about it too long, but it is it is a big subject. I think it's a massive subject, and I don't understand why people don't talk about it more. It is because we're all in a situation now where a lot of us have got nothing to lose now. So, well, and there's even been some more changes that that uh, just came out of the EU recently. I had interviewed the CEO of Mixcloud. He had heard about me being interviewed on another podcast talking about copyright, and um, well, they they play they pay. Royalties, don't they, to the artist mix? Yeah, they do. Well, you, you yeah. pay your $15 a month if you want to stream live. And then yeah. if you're your subscribers out of that, that covers their, yeah, that covers they take their a cut out of that subscriber money and pay everything back, but they don't store any video on demand on their site. So oh. they'll stream live, which is okay. But it's once you get that video on demand or that, that post viewing video, then all the synchronization and the master rights start coming into play. And that's where your distributors come into play and say, hey, we didn't get permission for that, flag that, take it down. But Mixcloud yeah. will actually only rip the audio away from the video file and store that. And they have the 40, 45 different licenses to make sure that's yeah. all taken care of. They won't get, but, you know, but, get but, I guess it, but, but you still got, uh, come across the same problem, which is that, you know, like I, I run two record labels myself, right? So I'm the one that owns the music. I own it. The distributor doesn't own it, right? They just, I've never even signed a contract with my distributor. The, 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 you, they don't own it. And if you ask them that, they won't say they own it either. Like, do you know what I mean? But I have to, but for the way that everything's been set up is you have to ask the distributor for permission, which is, you know, do you know what I mean? I mean it's a long, I mean, I haven't got a phone number for anyone in my distributor. <laughs> so I've got, I've got email addresses that I can ping off to, but you know, anyway, look, mate, let's change the subject. Let's not talk about it too long, but it is yeah, a big, yeah, it's yeah. a big thing. And I just, I think it's just think it's a bit sad because, you know, um, I mean, to think that sometimes I worry about young, you know, young up and comers coming and stealing all their gigs away from me, you know, from my, um, for my career and stuff like that. But now I don't understand why you've become a DJ now. Cause it's so, <laughs> do you know what I mean? If you haven't already become established and stuff like that, it must be so difficult. It must be so difficult to break through because you can't actually put your mix anywhere. Do you know what I mean? It's a, it's a funny one. That's also why I quite like podcasts. Although I do find that uh, podcast audiences tend to, um, you know, like 95% of, well, more than that probably of podcast potential audiences, you know, they tend to listen to podcasts for spoken word stuff. Me included, I've got to say, actually, I, I love listening to, uh, podcast stuff in the in the shower and stuff like that um but uh but it is but at least it is one of the few remaining um you know uh kind of platform streaming platform whatever download platforms where you can actually kind of do what you want really but there you go yeah no i mean we've been podcasting like i mentioned earlier since 2005 it is literally the backbone of our entire website was always mm. that subscription based subscribe to us via itunes subscribe to us via iHeartRadio or whatever the, the aggregator is and then these episodes will be automatically downloaded to your computer, downloaded to your yeah. mobile device, take them on the go. And now that most phones, you know, can connect to the internet and download files of the internet, you, don't, you can listen to it from anywhere you want in the world. And you're yeah. right, that, 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 that whole copyright protection thing, it hasn't hit the world of podcasting yet because you're going to put your stuff on a server. Where does that server reside? You know, where is it coming from? It's not you're not putting on YouTube servers. You're not putting on Mixcloud or Twitches or Facebook servers anymore. You could put it on your own server from home if you wanted to, you know? And, and I mean, obviously you'd need a ton of bandwidth if you have millions of people downloading your podcast, but uh, you, you could, there's a lot of options out there. I think where the freedom of what you mentioned of having a podcast is out there, you know, mm -hmm. where you're going to see a little bit more freedom in that realm. And, you know, again, it's a technical challenge. You got DJs who are like yourself, you're producing, you're doing all this stuff in the studio, you're making tracks. 
Do you have time to go set up a podcast and get into the technical aspects of that? It really isn't too hard, but um, I think they should, DJs, producers, they should look at that as a medium. Uh, I think it's still a very viable medium for me to use other than just the live streaming platforms. Speaking of podcasts, what are the top three podcasts that you're listening to right now? Oh, I don't know, man. I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I, I, I could, I could, that's probably just, you picked the wrong topic there. I could have given you loads of other things for different things, but uh, I, don't know, I don't know. I'll tell you for why I don't know so much. It's because although I do have loads of podcasts I listen to, they're usually movie things, mate, to be honest with you, because I like, I like listening to people reviewing movies and stuff because it's a bit of escapism for me. Um, but uh, but I'll be honest, I've actually, I'd say in the last two to three years, um, I, I tend to, my, the, the, the whole that, uh podcast were filling for me has is now being filled by youtube videos instead now actually i, I watch I, I much more enjoy watching things on youtube now and when, when you've got a, a youtube premium um subscription on your on your iphone you can you can lock your phone and it just plays a sound so i really like that which is good um it's probably why i've been it's probably responsible for how much how much money i've spent on music gear over the last year which is makes me makes me wince <laughs> <laughs> Well, you had mentioned you mentioned that you um, like to watch movies that kind of tune out in that sense. I got a question for you. I have kind of an important question: Justice League versus the MCU. You have to oh, choose mate. which one, mate, mate. You know, my my partner, my partner said to me quite many months ago. She said, "I've just seen something in our diary, and it says there's something booked in." Uh, it's, it's in, I can't remember when it was. Was it May or March? I can't remember when it was. So it's the same booked in here. What, what is it? It says something like Snyder Cut. What's, what's, what's that about? And I said, oh, babe, I said, Snyder Cut. Snyder Cut's coming out. I've, I've booked it three months in advance. I'm going to, I got up at seven. I worked out what time you had to get up in the UK. I got, I got up at seven in the morning to watch that for four hours. Best film I've ever seen. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Uh, listen, I'll be honest with you, my, my son, and this is wonderful, has just got interested in Spider-Man, which is fantastic, because I was, I was bonkers about Spider-Man when I was younger. And, he, and uh, we, my whole family now have, uh, as in me, his mum and me, have both got, uh, we've all got Spider-Man outfits now. Mine doesn't fit very well, it's slightly too small. I look all right in it, but it's a bit tight. And um, we've all got Spider-Man outfit, that's, that's, that's wicked. I mean, I think they, um, they, they're different, they're different, they're completely different angles on it. Do you know what I mean? That was what was wrong with the original version of this of the of the justice league was that when you try and turn it into well apart from loads of other reasons what's wrong with it but they you know when you try and turn it into a marvel film and like a comedy it doesn't work man I mean, it's not supposed to be like that it's not supposed to be like that do you know what i mean it's, it's supposed to be dark and gritty <clears throat> dark and gritty anyway look mate let's <laughs> I'm, but i'm probably on here to talk about music and i i could talk all day about how much i um, how much how excited i was do you know what's really nice though is is looking forward to something coming out and it's good I was like, oh, it's brilliant. Oh, it's brilliant. I was so oh, fulfilled. It was absolutely wonderful. Do you know what I mean? No, like, float, weird floating upper lip on Henry Cavill or any of that nonsense. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, that's why I was, I was, like I said, I was going through your socials a little bit and I saw that. And, you know, I was very, I felt that, that Snyder had definitely vindicated the entire series. I was, I, would, I used to watch a lot of the DC cartoon. I used to watch the original Batman. I remember the, the, the the Batman cartoon back in back when I was a kid growing up really loved watching Justice League and then got into that obviously Marvel kind of took it away in the theaters and when I was excited when they were going to start doing you know the, the Justice League and that but I, the first year I watched them it's like I'm just shaking my head going this is not this is not what I 
thought it should be. But when the Snyder Cut came out, I was very impressed with it. Loved it. Thought it was great. Brought things together. Apparently, there's still a couple more in the works that they're pushing out. Um, hopefully, we'll see those. But yeah, I mean, just, uh, you know, I, I'm a movie guy, too. That's what I do. To, 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 to Basically, I'm watching Doctor Who right now. Probably I'm just going on season 10. Uh, probably for the... Oh, I'd say the eighth or tenth time. I mean, like different strokes with different blokes, but yeah, it's a, yeah. No, I get you. Doctor, I mean, it's all power to you, though, mate. No, it's great. It's that cathartic feeling that you get just by watching. Like a friend of mine told me, one of the reasons why people watch what they watch over and over again is because they know what's going to happen, but they can kind of relax to it. Yeah, chill out to it by watching what they know. Like I've seen Star Wars four, five, and six. I don't know how probably over two hundred and fifty times in my life. You know. Um, literally oh yeah the original ones yeah yeah the yeah. original ones yeah four five and six and um you know same i mean a lot of movies in my life that i'll do that and just put them on and like tune out in the background and that's kind of my go-to relaxation thing so mm. you know yeah no i agree with you you know so uh moving back to some studio gear some studio musical questions stuff of that nature <laughs> saw a picture of you on wikipedia and uh you're on stage and you're playing a guitar is yes that i am do you know, I tried to update that picture, but it's, it's quite complicated to update pictures on Wikipedia because you, it's, I don't know, it's, well, first of all, you have to, you're kind of pretending that it's not you that's actually up, uploading it because the idea is that someone else has done it, but, and uh, which, which, you know, someone else has done that uh, thing there, but yeah, anyway, yes, well, wait, so I've cut you off. What were you going to so say? So the reason I was asking is one of our, one of our DJs is notorious for playing <laughs> live, streaming live over the internet, Avian Invasion is his name, and he plays the guitar, and <laughs> every time i he goes usually live three times a week and every time he gets on that guitar i'm literally screaming in the chat room guitar <laughs> you know because it's just it's just an interesting i think a very underrated underused uh musical musical piece of equipment that i think could add a lot to a lot of different live performances so i'm just wondering is that one of your go-to pieces of gear uh, that you like using or is it just well, kind of well well first of all it, that was over 10 years that was over 10 years ago uh, I'm not I'm disowning it or anything. That was over 10 years ago. I think the, uh, uh, so no, uh, but the, um, also I think at the time it's important to like, uh, you know, the idea of doing an el electronic music uh, live band was quite a, was quite a reinvented new idea uh, uh, back in um, the, uh, the 2000s or whatever. So that was, you know, explain what was going on there. I think the, the, the main thing I would say about that guitar was that the guitar I'm holding that picture is it's, it's like, a, it's, a, it's an actual 80s, like a Roland 80s guitar. And you know, the reason that it's from the 80s or whatever is because we couldn't get like a new one at the time. There wasn't, there wasn't such a thing. No, no one made one. Uh, so we actually had to have that thing. And so that meant we had to buy two because we had to have a spare one because both of them would break. And uh, we, had to, we had to do this thing called the emergency button. And I, we only, thankfully, we only had to do it like twice. But the, because um, you know what, it turns out, well, basically what it did was because it was being used as a MIDI controller, that you basically, you could put, uh, tap a, a, you know, a button on a keyboard uh, from behind the drums and basically it would play the notes instead of me playing them um but i tell you i will tell you it is remarkably hard to like like kind of still perform on stage when you know that you're miming it's quite it's quite it's quite difficult so uh, so um yeah thankfully it only happened a couple of times that it like properly broke during the performance trust me we have plenty of other things to go wrong during those things but yeah though i swiftly went back to djing after that um but there you go no i mean no it's it's, it's um it's uh no, it's uh, yeah, I know. Fair, fair question, though. Fair question. And I've got um, this is this is quite cool. I don't know if you can see it. Can you see this? I don't know if you can see this because it might. I've got look. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's awesome. 
So I've go. got all these. I've got all these brackets um, all over the studio now. And so the idea was, and I know a lot of producers um, tend to say the same thing these days, which is that it's you know you can have all this stuff. Like I've got thirty. No, I think it's fourteen now. Fourteen MIDI controllers in here, but but most of them just used to be in the cupboard. And like if so, so if someone came around, I went to play something. I had to plug it in and figure out what cable it was, and then like brush off all the dust. And so what I've done instead now is I tried to find a workable way where I can have everything plugged in all at the same time and you can just turn something on and just go and it but but you but as I, as I said but it, that it I couldn't do that until I started getting all these brackets like this microphone thing as well because this microphone is not actually look, it goes all the way back over there but the idea is you can fold things away so I, I started stacking things upwards instead of uh, instead of covering the the space but there and, you go. And this is going to be redundant I think because after what you just explained my next question I was going to ask <laughs> is are you a hardware or software guy mm. or both? Well, I, I can give you a very long answer to this, mainly because I've got really interested in an analog emulation um, plugins uh, recently, much to the uh, misfortune of my bank account, uh, because uh, I've spent a most incredible amount of money on these plugins. Oh, my God. Do you know, when I, made, when I made my first, at least when I made my first, definitely my first two albums, and I'd say by the time I got my third album, I think I had a few, I did have a few plugins, right? My first two albums weren't even made using plugins. There, there are no plugins on that thing, apart from a, some, a mastering suite by IK Multimedia. Um, but apart from that, that, there are no third party plugins. It's quite funny. Now I've got about, I've got easily about 400 VSD plugins on my, but I love it. I love, I bought, I bought, a, I bought a new bundle today. Because, <laughs> no, but I love this idea. I think it's because, um, you have this thing now where you can recreate the um, the uh, the you know the unintended stuff, the non the non linearities uh, of uh, the analog uh, equipment producers and stuff. And uh, apart from anything else, it has a great effect of uh, basically because even if you run something for a tape machine, it's still basically there's a compression effect. So you mm -hmm. actually get it glues everything together and it bulks out the body of things. And there's a bit of clipping that goes on as, um, as well. And obviously in, in um, kind of you know EDM production understand I mean, listen the amount of time I, that i i dedicate to researching limiters and clippers is, will blow your mind but but it goes back to what we said earlier because the thing is you know that's how you get an extra one db out of your out of your mastered track and you know it's uh, and that's what makes a little difference when you perform live so it's um so that's stuff i'm really interested in. i'm really interested in in um yeah in uh, analog um analog emulation software and stuff there's a there, like there's a company called acoustica audio um, who not many people really seem to know much about, but they do this convol convolution sampling thing now where they, 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 they don't just copy the, they don't make an algorithm to uh, synthesize the effect of analog hardware. They actually sample the analog hardware and then using impulse response responses. And I just think it sounds amazing. It's really fun. It slows down your um, workflow unbelievably though. Like, <laughs> cause then, cause now, trust me, once you, um, once you like fully understand how to, how to use all the different type of compressors and stuff like that, got my you know i mean i just used to sit down and make a tune in a few hours now it takes me days to do it but i enjoy doing it. i love doing it though because i like you you have to especially i've been doing this you know well over a decade uh, professionally you have to reinvigorate your own excitement about things and become excited in things again and there's only so many synth plugins you can get excited about really especially when the genres popular genres have changed so much i mean certainly in the uk, UK i mean definitely in the in america as well but the um you know once we, it, we've been in a bit of a full cycle now you know we've done we've done all the nostalgia stuff we've done all the future stuff and it's kind of come back round again now um which is probably why so much analog 
certainly in UK and Europe and stuff, this kind of, um, you know, old school 909 sound in house music is really popular in tech house and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, you know, it's what I mean is that, but, you know, whereas back in the, the dubstep days or whatever, when people were just making sounds that you'd never heard before, same, same could be said about the electro scene as well. Um, you know, we've all heard those sounds now, so it's just not quite as exciting. So, so but I do, I like the idea of, um, of just, get, just getting this kind of feel and this grit in the music. I think it's quite cool. I think it's a real thing. I think as well, a lot of people might think it's smoke and mirrors, but I think it makes a huge difference. I think it's wicked. If you use it correctly, and you have to have a very powerful computer, let me tell you. <laughs> I don't even use Ableton anymore because Ableton can't do it anymore. So I've shifted over to Studio One now. And, and you know, he's talking about that and, and technology moving fast in, in the DJ world. If you could think of something that's not on the market today, but in your vision would be really awesome to see come to market, what would that be? Ooh. Do you know, I could give you a really good answer to that if I'd known the question in advance or something, uh, because I can't. It'd be, but I know the, but the reason I say that is because I know there are a few things. And I think it's because when, especially, well, especially over the last year, being stuck indoors with the lockdown, like I've got nowhere to go. Like, do you know what I mean? So I've just been doing music stuff every single day. Like, you know, I mean, I do that anyway as a job, but, but I mean, more, much more intensely than that. I mean, I've actually been reading the manuals and trying to understand how things actually work and stuff like that. And um, it's, uh, but, and you do come across, basically you do come across things. And, and you, when you come across them, you're like, man, why haven't they done that? They would make it so much easier if they just sorted that out. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I've, one of the, the problems I've had with switching over from Ableton to, Studio One is is time stretching. Like you, it's like, do you know what I mean? I'd love to just uninstall Ableton Eleven for my computer now because it's such a crashy, buggy mess. Um, but you, but it, sadly, it has to be said that it's it's the absolute pinnacle of time stretching um, algorithms and stuff like that. And it's although Studio One can do time stretching and stuff like that, it's a pain in the bum. It's a real pain in the bum. Um, so it'd probably be something related to that. So I haven't really answered your question, but I mean, but suffice to say, you know. I'm sure I could have potentially think of, a load of, of quite a few things, really. Just, I think, work, yeah, I mean, you could have said it yourself. It relates to workflow. There's a lot of things where things let you do things, but it, it almost feels like it was designed by someone who's never who's not a musician, because if they were, then they'd understand that if you've got to faff around for, for 10 minutes to wait for the program to load or for it to do all this kind of stuff, then you've already, you've, you've lost it. You've lost the idea now. Do you know what I mean? And it's gone. So it's, you know, anything that can just make things work quicker. It is the best is the best thing which is why i've got a lot of different midi controllers because i find that it's um you have to be well you have to be careful what you spend your time doing because you can waste a lot of your own time but but i i've tried to make a lot of uh, workflow things where basically you there's a lot of template macros and stuff set up already so you can control lots of things at once and stuff like that awesome. uh, but again it's a longer conversation there you go. we we had spoke a little bit on this earlier just briefly you have a son three-year-old son is he allowed to come play with the studio toys? Oh, is he allowed to play with the studio toys? Um, yeah. Yeah, he is when they're not plugged in. Uh, not this mixing console, because I love this too much. I wrap this in bubble wrap every night so it doesn't get dust on it. I absolutely love this thing. Um, and uh, it's, uh, yeah, same goes for my um, Uber computer over here. No, but he loves tapping stuff. I wish he did it more, if, if anything. I, I quite like it. Um, I like putting on... It's quite a good way to find different sounds on a keyboard is to let is to let a three-year-old child have a bit of a have a play around on it and come up with different settings. I've had to factory reset um, at least two of the keyboards in here though because he's uh, he's accidentally pressed. What, what happens is because you press setup, he'll press setup by by accident, not realizing what he's doing, and then he just starts tapping around. And then little does he know that he's actually completely reprogramming the keyboard. 
<laughs> and I remember I couldn't even I couldn't even get like if you press C, it suddenly started pressing G. I was like, how have you done that? I don't understand. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, but, 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 but trust me, I'm not encouraging to be, him to become a, a musician in his life. I want him to get, you know, go off and become an engineer or something like that. Cause, uh, cause uh, you know, it's not a good time to be a DJ in my opinion, really. Not with all this pandemic stuff, unfortunately. That's awesome. You know, um, so before we let you get going here, is there something you'd like to say to, to the new and up and coming producers to watch out for when making their career successful? Not really. No, not really. I think, you know, I think, um, I think look, if, it, if it's bound to happen, this is what happened to me. If it's bound to happen, it will happen anyway. And I think that, um, I mean, that's one of the things that I find, well, I wouldn't say interesting because I can't, you know, if I say interesting about my own life, it's a bit much, isn't it? But, but I think it's, it's funny how much um, worrying and stuff goes on when you're younger and, and how much you doubt yourself about certain things. And I certainly found that now I've grown up and become, you know, now I'm a parent and stuff. I look back at myself when I was younger. And I think, of course, I became a DJ. Of course, I became a DJ. I was really good at it. And I really cared about it as well. That was a, even when I met other DJs um, in my career first started, there was a difference. The difference was I really liked it. And I, 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 you know what I mean? I mean, I, I, I practiced for hours, for days, for weeks, for ages. You know what I mean? To get things right. I was passionate about it. I loved it. And if, if you like that about anything, really, and any creative avenue, then, you, you know, it's just if it's meant to happen it probably will do you know what i mean whether you know how hard it will be to get people to actually listen to your stuff on the other hand is completely different that's a completely different topic and I, but i think there is a there is a dividing line there between what i was complaining about earlier in this conversation and actually what i would you know in terms of creative advice and stuff because it, go for it i mean by means go for it i mean but it's uh it's going to be it's, it's probably gonna be more difficult now and not least because well a lot of music's would be made now as well i mean you know when i when i first started, got out in there into the music industry you know the, the electro scene was happening and i loved it man if you, you you know you'd hear these these like fidget house tunes and stuff and they'd have sounds in them you'd ne literally never heard before it was amazing it was absolutely amazing and i do worry sometimes that there's not not well not only is there not that much stuff like that anymore but also i don't know how you'd make something like that anyway now because because there's so many different types of ways of doing things have been done already um but what do i know hopefully something will come around the corner and change everything Awesome. Well, is there anything else you want to let our DJ Sessions fans know about before we let you get going? No, mate, I'm all right. I've got, I've got no, uh, no, no wares to pedal. I don't, I, don't, I don't mind. It's just nice having a chat with you. And uh, yeah, hopefully I've, I've, had, a, you, I've had a great time and, and, and people can find out more information about it. Where, can, where, where is the best place? To well, this is my friend. This is the beauty of being called Kissy Sellout because you just type in Kissy Sellout. No one else Kissy is going to come up, are they? So, so, do you know what I mean? You, 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 bam, there I am. Complete with go. comparison photos to, to boot. You know what I mean? I really That's appreciate you having me on your show, though. It's great chatting to you and your cat. And uh, Absolutely. it's wonderful. I'm a cat. I may be coming over there later this year if everything goes according to plan. So uh, maybe it'd be uh, nice to just hang out. Right, I'll tell you, if you, if you, yeah, all right. If you mind unbuttoning a few buttons on that shirt and wearing a big old, you know what I mean? Getting your geezer look on. You come down Bethnal Green with me if you want. Mate, <laughs> well, I mean, well, hopefully we can do a bit of traveling because um, it's, it's, I've been to America for ages now. I used to go all the time. I, I must have toured there at least 10 times. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Although, did you say you're in Seattle? Is that what you Seattle, said? Yeah, yeah. I haven't been to Seattle. I haven't been to Seattle. That's, um, sounds like a cool place. Got to get you over. No, you you, you come to the States though, correct? I, what, what do you mean? Oh, do you come well, to the States? I... You shows in the States, right? Have I? Yeah. I mean, you have oh, in yeah, the past, yeah. but... 
Oh yeah, no, loads of places. Yeah, yeah I've, it's uh, yeah, all the time. Oh, I've toured there ten times. It's uh, it's uh, it's uh, yeah, yeah. But no, it's fine. It's cool. I I, I wouldn't know either. It's fine. <laughs> awesome. Well, no, wait, let's good chat to you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I look forward to talking with you. Maybe catching up with you in another six months. See what's what's going on. You got it, my man. It'd be a pleasure. All right, Kissy. Thank you. Thanks, mate. And don't forget, you can go to our website, thedjsessions.com. Find us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, hashtag us, the DJ Sessions. This is Kissy Sellout and Darren Bruce coming to you from the DJ Sessions presents the virtual sessions. And you know what? On the DJ Sessions, the music never stops. <laughs>